Hello, everyone, and welcome to Honestly Booked. I'm your host, Ariel, on Instagram under at Are You Ready to Read with four eyes. And I'm your host, Rachel, on Instagram under at Paperbacks and Sketchbooks. This is a conversational podcast devoted to books, all thing books with no genre discrimination. We hope with this podcast we will expand your TBR. To get updates on our show, you can follow us on Instagram at Honestly Booked and like us on Facebook. You can also follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help us get our podcast out there. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 29. This is our spoopy haunted reads for Halloween. Yay! It's funny because my birthday is in October and so is my husband's birthday. And October is like one of my favorite months. And Halloween used to be one of my favorite holidays. But now that I'm getting older, (laughs) you know, it's kind of like... Okay. And it feels like not a lot of people are decorating as much anymore. I don't know if it's just me or have you seen a decline in that too this year? Yeah, I haven't seen a whole lot of Halloween decorations. I feel like the older you get, the less you want to celebrate Halloween because it's like, I don't know, not as fun. We don't get to go trick or treating. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm definitely I'm taking my kids trick or treating this year um, and the baby for sure. It's going to be her first Halloween. She's going as a bunny. But I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those getting older things. You know, you see less and less of it. Probably. But I do want to make sure my kids have a good time. October is the month of haunted things, haunted reads, haunted books. And I've seen a lot. Um, I know it's like mid-October now. Sorry. First off, side note, I have a cold. <laughs> so that's why I sound kind of funny. I know it's like mid-October right now, but I've already seen a lot of my bookstagram friends posting, you know, their um, horror novel stacks, stuff like that. I don't know. Have you seen that too? Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of thriller recommendations, horror books. Uh, a lot of new rom-com style books have come out that surround like witches and stuff like that. Yeah, we'll get into all that later, but there were a bunch of new releases this year that have to do with Halloween or autumn or stuff like that. Very fitting for the season. That it is. So I know that January to March is a great time to release books, but I also feel like the end of the year is a good time to release books too. Yeah. I feel like I see a lot of them around this time and I feel like this is a really good time, you know, October to December to release a book because, you know, you're going to be buying books for Christmas. You know, there's those birthdays that are at the end of the year. I know that the house is published like winter, summer, and fall. And this is technically the fall of the, you know, the publishing house's three season cycle. I personally feel like I see the most books released either at the end of the year or the beginning of the year. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot released last month, this month. Uh, I don't recall any that spiked my interest at the beginning of the year but I feel like there's some really good books in this back half of the year yeah and I think that their reasoning behind that is um you know your kids are going back to school so you might have more time to read now whereas in the summertime you know you're busier yeah but us that don't have kids are still stuck at work (laughs) true but I mean think about it I'm sure there's a lot like I'm sure it's well it might be like pretty 50 50 on like people that do and don't have kids and stuff yeah but yeah I know September and October are always really big publishing months so we actually there was a lot in our topic that we're getting to later that were published in September and October there were also some in you know the summertime but most of them were September and October so we've got some really new reads for you I'm excited me too they all seem super fun yes super haunted super spooky super just fitting for fall I know. I know we've gotten into this before, but do you, are you a um, seasonal reader? Like, do you read beach reads in the summer and haunted horror books in October? It really depends. It depends. I, I've been trying to recently just because I feel like it will make me more festive and I'll feel like I'm more involved with the seasons, but usually I, I just read whatever I want when I want. I'll read beach reads in the winter. I'll read Christmas books in the summer. It all depends. What about you? Are you into doing that? I don't try to. I don't aim. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, the calendar switched over to October 1st. I'm going to start reading horror books, you know, (laughs) or, oh, it's December 1st. Got to bring out my Christmas books. I don't do that. But if if something piques my interest in October that looks like 
hoary, then sure, I'll add it and I'll read it. If something, you know, piques my interest during Christmas, it's Christmasy, then sure. But I don't go out of my way. I have someone that I follow on Bookstagram who is very strict with that. Like every month that whatever that month is, she reads like only books from that month. Oh, wow. And it's kind of cool. And I I mean, I think I, it's pretty awesome. You know, the fact that she sticks to that. That takes dedication. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Because I saw her like... Uh, monthly tbr this this month and it was all like horror books and i looked back and i saw that like okay she read like a bunch of valentine's day books in february you know like a bunch it's just wow so no i don't go out of my way but you know if it's there it's there and i'll read it and you know i'll definitely enjoy it a little bit more reading it in the season because it's always weird when it's like cold out and you're reading a book in the beach or the opposite you know oh yeah But I'm curious about your latest read because I saw you posting about it. I saw you talking to me about it, but I need to know about it because I want to read it. Yes. So my latest read was The Roaring Days of Zora Lily by Noelle Salazar. This was an aardvark pick for the month of October. And on Goodreads, it has a 4.3 star rating, but I gave it five stars. It was so good. It was one of those books where you just wanted to read more about this character's life. She was so likable, so ambitious, very inspiring, and I loved it. So this book followed Zora Lily through her journey to becoming a fashion designer. She wanted to be a big fashion designer, which is an upgrade from the seamstress that she is with her mother, out of their small house on the poor side of town and she goes through all these trials and tribulations to get there she falls in love she experiences heartbreak she gets fired from a job but it all led her to doing what she wanted to do with her life and i loved that it took place in the 1920s which was very interesting to read about. I felt like I was immersed in the decade. There was all these flashy descriptions of flapper dresses, dancers in clubs, prohibition. My favorite. That's my favorite generation. So, so beautifully written. And it was just a very overall heartwarming story. There were close-knit friendships present. There were romantic relationships on display, sibling relationships, parental relationships. Like you got a little bit of everything in the this book and I loved it. There was also a timeline in present day 2023 surrounding a museum curator at the Smithsonian and she sort of dove into researching Zora Lily because well I'm not going to spoil anything Zora Lily became a pretty prominent designer but you can read all about her life in this book and I might add that Zora Lily is a completely fictional character she's not based off of anybody in the 1920s according to the author's note at the end of this book so it was amazing how this author just created this character and put her into the 1920s and made it seem so believable that it could have actually been a real person. It was amazing, and I loved it. I love that. And that's why I love historical fiction so much. My favorite thing about historical fiction is when I learn something from it. You know, when I didn't know that that was how it was. You know what I mean? Like, And this may sound super, uh, gosh, what's the word? entitled or something i'm not sure if that's the right word but when i read like a book like lessons in chemistry where you don't realize how much misogyny went on back in the 60s you know or you read a book like that has intense racism in it and you're like wow this is really how we were just gosh 30 40 years ago like that's crazy to me so i love when i learn something and it sounds like you know you were immersed into the 20s which is my favorite decade like i said and you probably learned a little bit of you know how life was then i did and it was very interesting to see the similarities and the differences to present day so i really liked that it seemed like it seemed like the author did a lot of research into the decade and she actually listed her references at the back of the book as well which i appreciate so i know lots of love and thought was put into this book that was the roaring days of zora lily by noel salazar Ariel, what was your latest read? I hope you loved it. I'm happy you like that book. I'm definitely going to add it to my TBR for sure. Also love that cover. Oh, it's beautiful. 
So my book that I just finished reading literally like an hour before we hopped on this call (laughs) is called What Remains by Wendy Walker. And this was published in June of this year. I ended up rating it four stars. I liked 99% of the book. The ending is one of those endings where I was just left like really confused. And it wasn't like it didn't change the story. It didn't change the narrative like other books. And you know what I'm talking about, Rachel. It didn't do anything like that. It just like confused me a little bit i was like what like everything i thought i knew i don't i don't know because it wasn't wasn't like they changed it's just i don't know it was weird i I didn't like the ending but i liked everything else about the book (laughs) so (laughs) this book is called what remains by wendy walker and i've been you know reading her backlist i enjoy her books she does really good like cat and mousey books and they have you on the edge of your seat and this is just like the other ones I've read from her. So in this book, you have Detective Elise Sutton. And she's one day she's out shopping at this place called Nichols, which is, um, it seemed to me like kind of like a Bed Bath & Beyond kind of thing because there was, you know, clothes and furniture and all kinds of stuff in the store. Anyways. Like a department store? Yeah, like a, a typical department store. So she's at this department store trying to buy pink towels for her daughters when all of a sudden a shooting happens and she's in the store and she just like, now she's a detective like I said. So immediately she runs towards the fire, you know, where everyone else would run away from it. She runs towards, she is not on duty, but you know, those instincts never go away. Elise starts walking towards where she hears the gunshots go off what happens is she has to make a terrible choice to save one life she has to take another so then she's hailed as a hero but she just doesn't feel like one you know and and elise is kind of going through like guilt and she's on a leave of absence she's kind of numb just she's got her own stuff going on in her life and then she connects with the tall man whose life she saved but soon she realizes that that man is not who he says he is there's a lot of weird stuff going on with this guy. And now he's setting off a terrifying game of cat and mouse, threatening Elise and the people that she loves most. I really liked this book. Like I said, I loved the whole cat and mouse aspect to it. I loved the not knowing what's going on. I loved watching the amateur detective trope because yes, she is a detective, but she's basically doing all this like, you know, work and stuff on the side, you know, not actually while she's on shift kind of thing Uh so I like those kind of books because you know they don't have all the resources that they would have if they were you know doing it the right way so it's interesting to see that kind of stuff you know I liked it it had a slow beginning ish actually you know what I'd say it had a really fast punch beginning with that shooting and the action but then it kind of like slowed down a little bit okay when you kind of got to know Elise more and then it picked up but it was never really slow slow it was a pretty actiony fast burn throughout the whole book oh that's good i ended up giving it four stars that was what remains by wendy walker i think you would like it that sounds interesting i like the amateur detective sort of thing me too when it's done well yeah and this one was done realistically i mean there were some times where i was like hmm the cops would have you know yeah (laughs) they would have looked a little more into that but um it didn't seem too out of left okay i think it was really good i think it was done well yeah because when it's amateur detective and then they're like off doing god knows what i'm kind of like what is going on but <laughs> or when they have like unlimited amount of money and resources yeah and you're just like, bro yeah i'm like that's <laughs> this not is real not life. real <laughs> you can't just take off like six months of work and have these thousand dollar cameras you're able to install yeah, you're like come on now <laughs> literally but I'm glad it was done well in that one. Yeah, I liked it. And I had done a hybrid of this. I was listening to it and reading it. And I liked the um, narrator. So oh, good. if you want to listen to this one, they have a good narrator. That was What Remains by Wendy Walker. Love it. So Halloween. Halloween. Is this month. So I know that Halloween was actually, you know, like founded way back in the like, gosh, thousands thousands of years ago forever and ever and ever it was like celtic or something i think did you know that more people are buying costumes for their pets now that americans spent 500 million dollars on costumes for their pets in 2021 honestly i'm not surprised i didn't know that we spent (laughs) so much on our pets on halloween costumes but 500 million dollars i'm not surprised everyone wants that cute photo op with their pet in a halloween costume (laughs) and listen i'm not like some crazy like 
animal lover type of person. I do have a cat and I do love her, but I, I wouldn't call myself one of those like over the top people, you know? You know what I'm you know what I'm talking about. Yes. My parents. <laughs> Some animals just don't like being dressed up, but they can't yeah. tell you that. <laughs> so I used to have a dog that was like my everything, right? Yeah. It was a little chihuahua. Her name was Ava. She was the best. And I would put clothes on her and she would turn into a statue and she would just tip over. Oh my God. And like straight legged and everything. Like she just like freaked out when you put clothes on her. Okay. My second, did you know, is did you know that one quarter of all the candy sold annually in the US is purchased for Halloween? I did not know that. But again, I'm not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised either. Do you have any like weird um, superstitions? Superstitions? No. I would not say I'm a superstitious person. I grew up not believing in superstitions. Yeah, same. My husband, on the other hand, has a few superstitions. Like, I don't know if they're like Halloween related or like bad luck related, but they are from his culture. One of them is he can never have shoes upside down. Like, they always have to be like facing the right way. So, like, whenever I'm mad at him or something, I'll flick one of his shoes upside down and he'll like have to get up from whatever he's doing (laughs) to go walk over and turn it okay but like who's storing their shoes upside down anyway i know but like maybe if you kick them off oh i mean just lazy yeah i mean i guess i'm i'm not superstitious about it but i always just flip my shoes right side up anyway (laughs) (laughs) anything else you would like to share in regards to halloween no i um i've never really been a super big Halloween person. I've been to a couple Halloween parties in my college days. I loved trick-or-treating when I was a kid. I would always dress up as princesses. Oh my god. That was my thing. My mom still has my Sleeping Beauty Halloween costume from when I was in first grade. That's funny because I'm actually named after Disney princess and I never wanted to be a Disney princess. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I'm going as this year. I still haven't figured it out, but I want to do some like cheesy costume with my husband that would be hilarious anyways what are you currently reading i'm currently reading the women by Kristen hannah like i said i am on a historical fiction kick lately everyone should know that by now and this book i actually picked up after dnfing the intern by michelle campbell i just could not get into it so that's how i ended up reading two historical fictions back to back And this one I'm actually loving so far. It is an ARC. It is an advanced reader copy that I got as a read now on NetGalley. So basically anyone who has a NetGalley account could read it. I don't know if they still can. Maybe worth looking into. This book is really good. I'm loving it so much. It has a 4.6 star rating on Goodreads already and it already has 1200 ratings and it doesn't come out until February 6th of 2024. So it's crazy. So many people have already read and reviewed it. This story is about 20-year-old nursing student Frances, aka Frankie McGrath, and she ends up going to Vietnam, enlisting in the army, and joining the nurses over there. So she becomes a combat nurse, joining the army nurse corps. She experiences all the horror and all the trauma and just how disastrous and horrible being in Vietnam was. But at the same time, she does try to find light in it, makes friends, all that kind of stuff. So this story is basically the story of one woman gone to war, but it shines a light on the story of all women who put themselves in harm's way to help others. Women whose sacrifice and commitment to their country has all too often been forgotten. I love this book so far. It's so good. I'm about 65% through, so I'm very close to being done. I hope to finish it soon. Not sure what my projected rating of it is going to be just yet. It does seem to be a little bit choppy with the storytelling, which I'm not a huge fan of, but it's still beautifully written. It's Kristen Hanna. I read her book, The Nightingale, which was actually my first book by her, and I loved it. So, of course, I had to pick this one up and so far it is promising 
I absolutely love Kristen Hanna's books. Well, her historical fiction ones. She has other, I believe, general fiction books too that I haven't read any of, but all of her historical fiction ones I've read, I've loved. And this one I read as well. I ended up rating it 4.5 stars. So I hope you like it. I think the second half of the book I like better than the first half. Okay. Okay. I just got to the second part. So far, I think I like the first half better, but we'll see. I am only 65% done. The first half, I think I remember not liking only because it was a lot of action-y. Yes, it was very full of action, but you know, I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That was The Women by Kristen Hanna. Ariel, what are you currently reading? I'm currently reading a book called Bright Young Women by Jessica Knoll. Now, if that name rings a bell, it was the author of Luckiest Girl Alive, who I believe was a movie with Mila Kunis in it. First off, I DNF'd that book, Luckiest Girl Alive, and I'm going to say why. And I don't know if this is like just me, a, a just Ariel thing, or if, you know, other people will agree with me. But I personally don't like when within the first page of a book, you're just name dropping designers. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. It was just like, it's so hard to like explain, but basically like the whole first like two pages, it was just her like getting dressed, I think. And she was basically like, I picked up my silk Armani blouse and my Dolce and Gabbana <laughs> shoes and this and this and this. I was just like, oh my God, get to the point. And it was like super described too. So I don't know. I, I didn't have to for a few reasons, but that was her debut book, I believe. And she's written a few since this book I'm reading now. So I'm hoping her, you know, has changed. Her writing has changed a little bit. And this book I'm reading now is called Bright Young Women. It has a really high ratings on Goodreads and I've seen it all over. I'm sure you've seen it too. Oh, same. It's everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. So it was just released in September. So it was just released in the middle of last month. So it's a brand new book. What people are saying is it's written like a true crime and it's loosely based on Ted Bundy. That's really all you need to know. You know, I'm not really usually the biggest fan of true crime fiction. I like when murder books are fiction. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I don't, you know, I'm like, oh my God, this really happened. (laughs) But I'm going to read it like it's fiction, which it is because it's, like I said, loosely based on Ted Bundy. So this was told in January 1978 and it's also told in what I believe is now and there's multiple point of views or um, multiple timelines. So January 1970, a serial killer has terrorized women across the Pacific Northwest, but his existence couldn't be further from the minds of the young women at the top sorority on Florida State University's campus. Startled awake at 3 a.m. by a strange sound, Pamela makes the fateful decision to go investigate. What she finds behind the door is a scene of implausible violence, two of her sisters dead, two others maimed. Over the next few days, Pamela is thrust into a terrifying mystery inspired by the crime that's captivated the public interest for more than four decades. On the other side of the country, Tina Cannon has found peace in Seattle after years of hardship. A chance encounter brings 25-year-old Ruth Wachowski into her life, a young woman with painful secrets of her own, and the two form an instant connection. When Ruth goes missing in broad daylight, surrounded by thousands of beachgoers on a beautiful summer day, Tina devotes herself to finding out what happened to her. When she hears about the tragedy in Tallahassee, she knows it's the man that the papers refer to as the all-American sex killer. Determined to make him answer for what he did to Ruth, she travels to Florida on a collision course with Pamela and one last impending tragedy. This is a story of two women from opposite sides of the country who become sisters in their fervent pursuit of the truth. The only problem that I have so far, which I'm not even that far into the book, is it's so confusing. I'm hoping that that will, you know, pan out. I'm hoping that I will start to kind of see like what's really happening. But right now there's just like so much is being thrown at you. And I'm like, what is going on? Who is who? What, like, what is this? Just from that synopsis, I'm like, why would you go investigate a strange noise? I never get that. I don't know. Like, I don't know if people investigate strange noises, but I don't. Okay. <laughs> so let's let's think. So you're home alone at night in your house and you hear a weird noise outside your door, uh-huh. like outside your bedroom door. Do you close your bedroom door when you sleep? Uh, no, it stays open because I have a cat. Okay. That's really weird. The cat's got to roam free. I don't know. I would freak <laughs> out. I'm sorry, but I have to have my door closed and locked um, at night. Okay. Anyways, so... <laughs> Let's say you hear some weird noise outside of your door 
and it's open i guess <laughs> like in your hallway or something like what, what would you do well if i lived alone i well i guess i would have to suck it up and go see what it is yeah but since i don't live alone <laughs> i make my boyfriend go investigate <laughs> uh, same same not even gonna lie the bug killer can go get it yeah right the bug killer um, can go get it. <laughs> But I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm the type of person that, like, I would unlock my door and open it and, like, pretend like I had a knife or something or, like, pretend like I'm on the phone with the cops and be like, I'm on the phone with the cops. I have a knife. You know? Like, I feel like I'd be that person. I feel like that's so stupid, though. But I also feel like I'd be the type of person that would hide in the corner and, like, put my dresser up against the door. Like, ugh, I don't know. But, but, but my baby's in the other room. So what would I do? I guess you'd have to run out there and face whatever is making the noise. I guess. I don't know. Okay. I hope I never have to deal with that situation. Yeah, right. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. But agree. Agree that it's sounds weird but you know i mean i'm giving it a chance uh her writing definitely has been a little bit better so far but like i said i'm really not that far into it what is your next book my next book is another one that you've already read it is called unsub by meg gardner this one just from the cover looks pretty ominous not really sure what it's about this is my first time reading the synopsis for it so we'll find out together so this is the book i'm planning on reading next it has a 4.05 star rating on goodreads which is actually pretty good so i have high hopes for it it is a riveting psychological thriller inspired by the never caught zodiac killer about a young detective determined to apprehend the serial murderer who destroyed her family and terrorized a city 20 years earlier Okay, that actually sounds pretty interesting. Pause. Is it not weird that like we're both going to we're going to be reading two books that are loosely based on real killers? Okay, that is kind of weird. <laughs> we're on the same wavelength. And it's not it, the beginning was a little bit slow, but then it picks up a lot once and it gets it's a little confusing in the beginning too, but you'll get used to it and it reads like a Criminal Minds episode because you have like multiple different You know how Criminal Minds like does where when it starts, it starts off with like the murder and then yeah. it goes to them like trying to solve it. Yes, so yes. you see that in this book. You see the murder happen Ooh. each time. You watch the murder happen as an outsider and then you go to the detective's point of view, you know? Okay, not to get excited about murder, but I'm excited for this book. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good book. I liked it. I ended up rating it like 4.5 stars, I think. Good, good. The only reason I didn't give it that five was because the beginning was a little slow and confusing. Okay, okay. 20%, it gets really good. Oh, perfect. I think you'll like it. I hope so. That was the unsub by Meg Gardner. I'm actually in like four or five books is the second for the unsub for me. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I forgot it was like a series. Because it ends on a cliffhanger. <gasps> okay. That means I'm going to need the next one then. It's called Into the Black Nowhere. We'll see how I like this one. Well, yay. I'm excited. You have to let me know everything like as you read it, whatever. I will. You know I will. But what are you planning on reading next? Anything fun? Well, my next read after Bright Young Woman is actually the oldest book on my TBR, The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley. And I talked about this a long time ago, but basically I've heard that it is a retelling of Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None, I believe, which I usually hate. But my friend Travis on Bookstagram said it actually was done really well. So I'm going to try it. I think there's snow in here. Ooh, snow. You don't like snow. <laughs> nope. But I am excited for this one. To get it off my TBR. Now back to our random topic wheel. I'm excited and nervous. I love the random topic wheel. Also, I love that we're still calling it the random topic wheel. We need a new name for this. But, you know, it's kind of fitting. <laughs> it's literally a random topic wheel. It is. But I feel like the name of this segment just being random topic wheel just like emanates our personalities <laughs> <laughs> okay let's see what we're gonna talk about it is unreliable narrators Ooh. what an unreliable narrator is let me think of how i can describe this i mean it's literally kind of what it what it says <laughs> in the name <laughs> it's a narrator that you're you know you're reading the book and they're narrating the book to you it's one of the point of views and you're believing them you're buying their story the whole time and then like maybe it can be in the beginning of the book where you know it's unreliable and those are my favorite 
where the author makes it known, well known, in the very beginning of the book, like, do not trust this character. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. There's ones that in the middle you start to get like, uh, this narrator might be unreliable. And then there's ones that at the very end, they flip the book on its head and they're like, everything you just read do not believe it. Those are pretty much all the different versions that they have. Like I said, I love the first and the last one. I'm not the biggest fan of like halfway through the book being like, do I trust this person? What is your take? I, okay, so I really do not like the last kind that you mentioned where you get to the end and they're like, never mind, everything I just said was false. It's not true. And That's I, my favorite. there's just something about it that makes it too ambiguous for me because then I'm all confused and I'm like, wait, so was this all not true? Like what's actually happening? I guess it can redeem itself if there's like a good explanation for what actually happened yes that's the only reason i like it if it's a random like thrown in at the end like oh never mind let's just pretend like everything you just read's fake like yeah i hate that no but if it's done well where it's like oh and then you're thinking back and you're like oh they were kind of suspicious yeah like oh i shouldn't have believed that when i believe that you know yeah that boom sign me up i love it yeah that makes it good i don't know if i've read i mean i probably have read many books with unreliable narrators but I just haven't recognized it so I can't really say which books I've read that has an unreliable narrator well you shouldn't anyway because a lot of a lot of the unreliable narrator trope is a spoiler well yeah but yeah I guess I'd say I like it maybe I'd say, yeah, I like it because I bet you if I did remember a book that had the unreliable narrator trope that I would say I liked it. So our next random topic is Goodreads. Ah, Goodreads. Goodreads, I love you, but I also hate you because sometimes you go down for no reason and then I can't update my reading progress or I can't look and see what everyone else is doing or um, I can't look up a book that I just saw on Bookstagram and wanted to add it to my TBR. So it's a love-hate relationship with Goodreads. 100% agree. Also, Goodreads is boring. a little bit yeah they have nothing fun to do where like story graph you can see your like stats and all kinds of stuff and you can you know get good recommendations good recommendations are crap sorry no offense (laughs) and really all you can do is just browse what other people are reading and do your challenges and track your books that's about it story graph way better yeah also um if you don't know what we're talking about and you're like what the heck is a goodreads goodreads is a website goodreads.com that you can basically make an account and track all your books books you've read books you want to read you could make different little bookshelves on there people can follow you it's like social media for book lovers i guess but all you can post about is books you can't like just write a random like right yeah post like it has to be a book and your update on the book like you can't just like get on it and be like hi good morning like you have to like (laughs) like you have to like it has to be a book that you click on and then you just write how far your pages are percentage you know that's it yes you could comment you could be like this sucks (laughs) or something you know what i mean but like or you can be like enjoying this dude some people on goodreads are brutal like brutal. i've had crazy frida mcfadden fans comment on my terrible reviews and be like you're wrong and i'm like what do you mean it's just my opinion i'm 100 <laughs> blocked by like five people on here <laughs> like <laughs> But yeah, StoryGraph is basically the same thing, but it's better. They actually show you statistics in graph form of your reading habits. Pages read, authors you've read a lot of. So it's really cool and it's fun. And I love StoryGraph. I like it better than Goodreads. Much, much, much better. Goodreads is also owned by Amazon. Not if any, you know, I don't know if anyone knows that or whatever, but yeah yeah anyways that's a good reads i use it to track my books speaking of my books my reading challenge i was gonna try to read 200 books and i'm art i'm at 180 so i have 20 books left to read in two months i think i can do that no maybe i don't know ah! i start work next week so probably not i believe i'm at 110 books out of what the 150 that I want to read this year. Really good job. Yeah, I know. It's way more than I thought I would read. For some reason, I thought I'd my original goal was 100 books. What was last year? Last year, I didn't have a goal because last year I just started getting super into reading again. So I didn't have all that. We've only known each other less than a year. It's crazy. Our friendiversary is coming up. It is. 
All right. So this episode, we want to talk about some new spooky Halloween books that are out for each genre because obviously not everybody likes thrillers, not everybody likes horror books, not everybody likes romance. So we want to give you guys some options that are still fitting for the Halloween season. We were able to compile a list of all new releases from 2023. So from January 2023 to now, these books have been released. So hopefully something on this list strikes your fancy and you want to read it. The first category that we found a couple books for was romance and You know, finding a Halloween romance is not easy, but they seem to be more and more common than they used to be. The first one that we found was The First Date Prophecy by Kate and Danny Tamborelli. And you may recognize these names because they were uh, child stars in the 1990s. So after Lucy and Rudy's first date ends in a psychic's prophecy that is equal parts great fortune and certain doom, their flirty quips end and their search for answers to some of life's big questions begin. Is there really one person for everyone? And this was just published in June of 2023. So very new and it's got that psychic prophecy bit to it. So a little little bit spooky witchcraft happening in there. That one looks interesting. I don't know if I'd actually get it, but it does look interesting. (laughs) It is a romance. (laughs) It's weird though, because I'm not sure if it's because I'm sick or I'm just changing and growing, but I've actually listened to a few podcasts recently with romance books that they've Um, you know suggested and they sounded good to me so you know this one sounds good too wow we're growing here we are we are so the second romance is called enchanted to meet you by meg kabat and this was published in september of 2023 this is a witchy rom-com about a witch who must team up with a handsome stranger to help her protect her village from an otherworldly force but will she be able to protect her heart Okay, this one sounds a little too cheesy for me. It does sound a little bit cheesy. I've been seeing this one all over Bookstagram, though, and I think it's because Enchanted to Meet You is a lyric in a Taylor Swift song, so everyone just has to has to read it. They have to. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. The cover's really pretty, though. It's all purple, my favorite color. I'm looking at it right now. I like it, yeah. Yeah, it's really pretty. I don't know if I'd read it personally, but maybe. Next up, we've got Cozy Mysteries. Everyone loves a good cozy mystery in the fall and the winter. There's just something about it that makes you want to curl up in front of a fire with a blanket and just read about these crazy amateur sleuths. So the first one, I've been seeing this all over Bookstagram as well and a couple of the Facebook reading groups that I'm in. It's called The Pumpkin Spice Cafe by Lori Gilmore. And this was just published in August of this year. This is a cozy romantic mystery for fans of Gilmore Girls with a grumpy sunshine dynamic, a small town setting, and a happily ever after guaranteed. I mean, it doesn't really sound so much like a mystery, but it says it's a romantic mystery. So I'm... I'm expecting there to be some sort of investigation happening. I definitely dig the fans of Gilmore Girls part because that was one of my favorite shows growing up. My family would, we would literally watch this. I can't, so it's like one of those vague memories I have. It's not like, you know, so I like remember us watching this and I remember like my dad watching it, my mom watching it, me and I think my brother was there, but I feel like we literally sat down (laughs) in the living room and watch like one a day or something like that but yeah Gilmore Girls was huge in our family it was such a good show I actually would I would be interested in reading this one possibly what's drawing me to it is the Gilmore Girls thing and the fact that it's a mystery it's not like just a love story right right so the next one is called Murder at the Pumpkin Pageant by Darcy Hanna this one was published in July this is the latest installment in the Beacon Bake Shop mystery series. Well, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Set in small town Beacon Harbor, Michigan, featuring a baker heroine who lives in the local lighthouse with her beloved Newfoundland dog, Wellington. This one sounds so cute. And I'm really curious about the names of the other ones in this series. The first one is Murder at the Beacon Bake Shop. The second one is Murder at the Christmas Cookie Bake Off. The third is Murder at the Blueberry Festival. And then it's Murder at the Pumpkin Pageant. Murder at the Blueberry Festival. (laughs) (laughs) 
I wonder if you have to read the other ones before this one, but definitely look into it. See if you, you know, need to. This one looks cute. Cute little cozy mystery with like those Halloween-y vibes. Yeah. Fall vibes. Yeah, there's a lot of cozy mystery series out there where you don't necessarily need to read them in order to understand what's happening. I've started reading those like chocolate chip cookie murder mystery books i wanted to get into those so bad because they're such cool covers don't you think they are they are and they just they i just love the titles but i started reading those and they do have a cohesive storyline sort of throughout them but if you started reading one like in the middle of the series i don't think you would be completely lost so i guess you just have to look it up and see what other people say yeah those are one of those um book series though that i really want to to get like all of them and just to have them on my shelf they're cool and they're so cute yeah. and they're interesting names like some of them are like apple turnover murder yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's a blueberry muffin murder lemon meringue pie murder there's strawberry shortcake peach cobbler murder cream puff murder like i want i really want to try one but didn't you read the first one and say it was like super boring or something i read the first and the second ones so i definitely liked the first one which was a chocolate chip cookie murder better than the second one which was a strawberry shortcake murder the second one was just like it seemed so cheesy to me so in a series that's that long because that series has like 29 books i think not not all of them are gonna be amazing of course of course maybe i'll read it one of these days yeah maybe Next up, we've got some thrillers, super fitting for this season. So we have How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix, which was published in January of this year. It's one of those earlier in the year releases. And this one is a thrilling new novel that explores the way your past and your family can haunt you like nothing else. I like the cover of this book. It has a haunted house on the cover. For some reason, I like it. I have I have all of his books. I haven't, funny, I haven't read any of them, but the covers are always so cool. Yeah. There's a book that he has. Oh, it's My Best Friend's Exorcism. And the cover looks like a VHS from the 80s. Ooh. It is so cool. Grady Hendrix, I heard, does really good at writing a, like, funny kind of thrillers. Okay, okay. Oh, I might have to try it. Yeah. So the next thriller we have is actually the book I'm currently reading, which is Bright Young Woman by Jessica Knoll. And I already talked about that, that one, so I'm not going to talk about it yeah. more. But the next category is fantasy, which is our girl Rachel's new favorite, apparently. Well, wait, no, it's historical fiction now. Yeah, I'm going in waves. I liked <laughs> fantasy for a while, and then I got really back into thrillers, and now I'm really back into historical fiction. <laughs> That's like me with historical fiction and thrillers and, um, you know, stuff like that. Because sometimes it just, it's also your mood. Like sometimes yeah. you just want a really popcorny thriller to cleanse your palate. Or sometimes you want something super deep and, you know, other times you want something in the past. Like who yeah. knows? So <laughs> the fantasy genre, first one we have is called Playing the Witch Card by KJ Delantonia. This one was published last month. It says three generations of magic, two rogue X's, one tarot deck, the perfect recipe for chaos. That one sounds good. It actually does sound pretty interesting. I think I would give it a try. I'm about to look that one up. Yeah, me too, actually. I'll have to add it to my TBR because it doesn't sound like, I mean, it does mention two rogue X's, but I feel like it would be more of like competition than maybe romance. And you know what's funny is when I look it up, the first thing it says is Gilmore Girls meets Practical Magic. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that fantasy, which is Halloween magic stuff. Um, I'm definitely, I think I'm going to add this to my thing because also on the second line, it's funny because it says two exes, one misbehaving mother, surprising magic, <laughs> the perfect recipe for Halloween chaos. I love it. Yeah, I do too. Our next fantasy book is Venko, interesting title, by Sherry Demoline, and this was published in February. Lucky is familiar with the magic of her indigenous ancestors, but she has no idea that a tarnished silver spoon connects her to a network of witches across North America who have anxiously awaited her discovery. Ooh, okay, so it sounds like a new witch could be interesting. The title is odd, but you know, 
fitting for the book maybe you never know because the the title could be something else but if you look at the cover of this book it has it's really interesting it says venco and then underneath it says coven and then it says venco and then coven so it's like oh. maybe it's like something that has to do with it but like i said a lot of the times the title you may not understand its relevance now but when you read the book, you'll be like, oh, okay. And there's a few books that I've read where the titles, I've been like, that's such a weird title. But then I read the book and I'm like, oh, I get it now. Okay. Yeah. So could be interesting. Again, very witchy. Seems to be witches and stuff is the season. Yeah. Witches are very prevalent this Halloween season. I love books that have to do with witches that have to do with like the um, Salem witch trials in historical fiction kind of witches. I'm not the biggest fan of like the witches, you know, now like that are, you know, like the little black magic uh, romancy kind of books. Not a fan of those ones. Yeah. But like if it was historical or something, that would sound good to me. That could be interesting. Yeah. So the next category we have is horror, of course, fitting for the season. And the first book we have is Holly by Stephen King, which was published last month. And I've seen it all around Bookstagram. I'm sure you have too. Oh, it's everywhere. But I do want to let you know that this is not the first in the series. Correct. There are multiple before it. Holly Gibney, which is one of Stephen King's most compelling and resourceful characters, returns in this thrilling novel to solve the gruesome truth behind multiple disappearances in a Midwestern town. I want to read this book so bad, but I don't have The Outsiders, and I think that's the first in the series, and I can't find it anywhere for some reason, which is weird because it's a Stephen King book. Interesting. Like, my library that's... Well, I'll have to look on Libby, but, like, my library doesn't have it, and it's just really weird. Are you sure you have the correct title? I'll look at it. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I definitely want to read this because someone had gifted me this book, so I want to read, like, the first few. I've never read a Stephen King novel, but I'm intrigued. I think you would like it. I really think you would like it because it's um it's got that like thrillery aspect, but it gets deep. And it but it sometimes they do get a little bit scary, I guess. Um if you're going to read one, look at the synopsis. I know you don't read them, but definitely look at the synopsises and make sure it's not something that would like sound too scary to you. Oh yeah. I'd I'd have to do like a google deep dive yeah (laughs) he does write some really good ones though that aren't super scary that are more like what i believe this one is leading towards which is more of a like um, amateur detective looks like kind of thing okay okay good to know the next one i've been seeing this a lot of places as well everywhere the september house by carissa orlando this was also published last month A woman is determined to stay in her dream home even after it becomes a haunted nightmare. Ooh, spooky. The cover alone seems really intriguing. It seems scary. I'm torn because like it sounds stupid, but it also sounds good at the same time. And a few people have reviewed this book and loved it that I disagree with basically everything. So uh, we might just have to read it. I I think so. I might just have to form my own opinion. But it has really high ratings so far, although it has only been out a little more than a month. Right, right. I'm just like so over the whole like haunted house kind of thing. Yeah, there's been a lot of that this year. Haunted houses and witches. It's the theme. The only reason why I might pick this one up is because a few reviews say that there's a lot of humor in it that balances out with like the horror. Oh, interesting. Okay. But I feel like that might get a little cheesy. Yeah, it might. Not sure. So the last category we have is called Gothic Fiction, and the first book is called Starling House by Alex E. Harrow. I've seen this one everywhere, too. This was published this month. The quote from Reese Witherspoon says that this book has everything you could possibly want this fall. A cursed town, a haunted house, a vivid and eerie setting, plus characters willing to risk everything. Wow. This was uh, Reese's book club pick for the month of October. I like what she has to say about it. Nice and concise to the point. But I've seen a lot of this one floating around Bookstagram too. And a lot of people say it's like wrecking them. Like they're like, oh my God, this book has put me in my feels. They're like literally sobbing. And I'm like, really? This gothic fiction novel's got you in your feels? Okay. (laughs) Maybe I will have to try it. Our next gothic fiction is The Whispering Muse by Laura Purcell. And this was published in February. This is a gripping tale of obsession, superstition, and ambition set against the atmospheric backdrop of Victorian London. 
Be careful what you wish for. It may just come true. Again, seems kind of intriguing just from that. I've never really read a gothic fiction. So what even is classified as gothic fiction? Like what what is it? So gothic fiction, I uh, I found some information on good old trusty Wikipedia. Gothic fiction is oftentimes called gothic horror, and it's a loose literary aesthetic of fear and haunting. I guess these books have characteristics of frightening things and haunted things. But when I think of gothic, I think of like like the Whispering Muse, like Victorian London. They're wearing all those super dark clothing, the, you know, the high neck frilly dresses, the big giant hoop skirts, like the Victorian clothing like that. I don't know. I just think like dark and dreary. Yeah, you know what? I do too. That was our topic of the week, our Halloween. 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 I can't say that. So yeah, hopefully you got something out of that list. We had gothic fiction, horror, fantasy, thriller, cozy mystery, and romance. If you're one of those seasonal readers, like some people, and you're into that, hopefully we brought you some good ones. Now, speaking on the opposite side of not so good ones, this week's book club pick was a miss for us. Oh, yes. I actually (laughs) haven't even started reading it yet. I'm still like first in line for it at the library, but now I'm not even going to prioritize it. I've read a few of her books in the past, and they were all about three stars for me. You know, nothing crazy good. But Rachel, she started it, and I believe she got to like 30%. No, I... I got to 35 pages. I didn't even get oh. to 35%. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, the book is called The Intern by Michelle Campbell. <laughs> and it's, it's I've seen it all around and I've seen it like super, super raved on too. So what exactly did you not, before we get into what it's about, what did you not like about it? So it starts off and you're in a Harvard Law classroom. And there's just something about the writing that I could not get into. It was written in third person. And we knew it was from main character Madison's point of view because the title page said part one, Madison. So the way it was written was just strange to me because you have obviously, okay, it's Madison's point of view, but it's third person. So when she's talking about the characters, they're referred to as different things. For example, her mother would say something and would be like something and then mom said, or it would say whatever she said and then Yolanda said. She was referring to her mother as both mom and Yolanda, and I could not figure out why. There was like no symbolism to it it was just like to me it just seemed like an editing miss like maybe they didn't notice that it was she was being referred to as two different things but that just bothered me so much and it also moved very very slow I was not like I was not gripped into this story at all I figured 35 pages was enough for me I didn't think I was going to enjoy the rest of it So I just decided to return the book to the library. I may try it again in the future, but I don't know. I really don't know. So I'm still going to give it a try whenever I get it. (laughs) Um, I believe this was a book of the month pick, right? It was a book of the month pick for September, I believe. So it's actually, I'll read what it's about now. It's a young Harvard Law student falls under the spell of a charismatic judge in this timely and thrilling novel about class, ambition, family, and murder. Madison Rivera lands the internship of a lifetime working for Judge Catherine Conroy. But Madison has a secret that could destroy her career. Her troubled young brother, Danny, has been arrested and Conroy is the judge on his case. When Danny goes missing after accusing the judge of corruption... Madison's quest for answers brings her deep into the judge's glamorous world. Is Catherine Conroy a mentor, a victim, or a criminal? Is she trying to help Madison or use her as a pawn? And why is somebody trying to kill her? As the two women circle each other in a dangerous cat and mouse game, they will save each other or will betrayal leave one of them dead? Now it sounds really good. It does, which was why when I just, I couldn't get past 35 pages, I literally had zero desire to pick up this book oh no so that's why i just returned it because i was like i'm gonna move on i'm gonna read what i want to read otherwise i'm just gonna go into a slump yeah and like i said her other two books i've rated like three 3.5 so i'm gonna read it i'll let you know yeah if you end up liking it i may try it again it really depends it, it does it does and it may it may be the time too it may not be you know you yeah yeah that's true 
So The Intern by Michelle Campbell was our little book club's pick for this week. And we gave you guys some hollow reads. Hollow reads. I am super sick, so I'm going to go lay down and try and get a little bit better. We will see you soon. Ariel, go get not sick. As always, happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.